When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. All right, welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. It's it's already off the rails in the podcast has not even begun. I can barely keep it together getting this going because Chris Schubert, our lovely producer behind the scenes, he's just, he's had a day, man. He's had one of those days, and it was one of those days for Ben Roethlisberger. It was one of those days for many people across the, across the NFL. So we've decided that he is going to have a bachelor session with NFL teams because he's a Jets fan and we really need to set him up nicely for new fandom, right? We teased that we would do bachelor uh, with, with uh, you know, in the traditional sense, but we're going to do it a little different. So we'll give you details on this coming up in the future, because I'm really looking forward to see what everybody's pitch as an NFL team would be to get Chris on, on your team as fandom wise. So excited for that, but we'll kick things off with headlines guys. There was plenty of action today in the NFL, lots of uh, playoff implications, obviously fantasy playoffs going on. Jake, why don't you start? What is your headline coming out of this week of football? Jonathan Taylor gets healthy and hot at the right time. He's really come on the last couple of weeks. He had the ankle injury about the same time that Jordan Wilkins did. Naheem Hines kind of took over, had a big week. They look like they've really settled on hand, handing it to him between the tackles. They give it to Naheem Hines a little bit. They still throw him his couple screen passes, but they've really gone to this is their dual threat backfield. Wilkins gets a little bit, but he's kind of become that workhorse last couple of weeks, 22 last week, 30 points today. He's also my stud. Well, do I throw that out there now? He's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, and it's just the right time. And it's, it's fantasy the right time for you. If you've been hanging on to him and you, you're plugging him in there in a flex or maybe an RB2, it's also the right time for the Colts. This is offensive line is looking pretty good. Phillip Rivers has played better. T.Y. Hilton with a big day. He's kind of the catalyst. When he goes in this running game and they don't have to throw it as much, they're much better. It's just the perfect time for the Colts and perfect time for you in fantasy for Jonathan Taylor to be eaten up. It looks like the Colts have decided to do what we wanted them to do right towards the beginning of the Absolutely. season where they got the running game going, uh, might've been forced into this a little bit with the lingering issues uh, for Phillip Rivers and his injury, but it doesn't matter. Good for the Colts. They get a big win uh, and, and good for Jonathan Taylor owners moving forward. If this trajectory continues, Jamie, what's your headline coming out of this week of football? So mine is going to be directly for fantasy managers who maybe squeaked by or just got a victory, uh, maybe were on a buy, and they have some superstar players that did not have good weeks this week and might be a little worried. And that is to trust the players who have produced for you all season. Don't panic because a great player had a bad week. If it's a string of bad weeks, if there's something else involved, if it's an injury, sure. But if you have James Robinson, if you have Aaron Jones, if you have Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson, don't panic. Rate them in your lineups the exact same way you would have if this week had never happened. And don't make a rash, uh, ill-fated decision based on these guys having one bad game because I see it happen in fantasy all the time. Guys can give you six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks in a row of good to great production and they have one bad game and everybody starts to panic. You can't <laughs> afford to panic heading into the semifinals. So do not make that mistake. All of those guys should still, again, Robinson and Jones are still RB1s. Thielen and Justin Jefferson are both still top 20 wide receivers. You're not making any of those moves. Those guys are all going to be on your team, despite them having underwhelming games this week. 
good advice, Jamie, because people tend to, when it's that one week, right, when you're in the playoffs, it, it tends to make you a little bit a little bit itchy, right? You want to make, you want to make decisions a little bit because you don't have the opportunity to, to play something different down the line. So I understand the logic, but if a guy got you there, if a guy got you to the fantasy postseason, you should probably hang on and, and move forward with them. My fantasy headline is a shocker because I have waited and fantasy owners have waited and anybody in Chicago has waited for a time where David Montgomery consistently has been in a place where you could count on him. So my headline is, is it finally David Montgomery time in Chicago, 25 points, three straight matchups, only good matchups remaining for the Chicago bears in that running game. I know Montgomery fans, you've been waiting for this fantasy analysts have been waiting for this. And it's kind of been one of those ones I've been apprehensive to buy into because it hasn't happened consistently, but this is the most consistent version of David Montgomery, as far as usage, the offense, and they have very favorable matchups coming up. So I'm hesitant always with David Montgomery, but this is a good sample size now, three straight games, and they've got three good matchups coming up. And the offense just looks significantly better with Mitch at the helm. It just does. And that's it. That's, that's there. You don't need any other analysis other than that. His day so. could have been a whole lot bigger if this game was closer. Oh, 100%. Ended up with like 11 carries. It was, could have been a 200 yard day. He was having a monster day and they just didn't need him to do any more than that. But Paige, how long have we been screaming for this? Forever. Yeah, two years ago when they were good and they finally like Forever. started to run him in yeah. November and then they go back to getting cute. And like, and, this is just and that's, giving that's the rock. Yeah, that's why I bring it up, though, because I understand fantasy managers and people in Chicago's apprehension to believe it, right? Because it has been the thing that people have been waiting for. But you're talking about three straight 25-point-plus performances, and they've got three good more matchups coming up, and the offense is just in a good place right now. The, the, the last two games – They've lost mostly because of their defense, not offense. This, the offense, if they had this offense like this all year long, this team would be in a playoff spot. Like it, it's, it's a completely different offense with Mitch. Look, there's a couple things to a sneak peek of my, my rankings that are going to come out on Tuesday morning. I have Montgomery as an RB one next week, low yeah. end, but he's still an RB one territory for me. I think the other thing too, that's really benefiting him, obviously aside from the QB change, because Trubisky has been his op for the flaws that he does have, he's operating this offense at a higher level than Nick Foles was. And I think that's pretty much undisputed at this point. The other thing that's benefiting him, and I know he's been out for most of the season, but it's really starting to show in games where he gets more of this workload opportunity, them not giving Tariq Cohen opportunities on the field has been huge for Montgomery. Now, obviously Cohen's been missed several weeks and there's you know, Montgomery's had bad games, even with Tariq Cohen out injured on IR. I'm not saying it's only that, but that's another factor for them because they mm -hmm. want the way they use Tariq Cohen a lot. They don't, yes, they line them up sometimes out wide, but they want to use him a lot out of the backfield. They want to use him in shotgun. They want to get him involved and they're going to bring him in in all of those two minute situations on third downs. Those are opportunities that David Montgomery is now getting the majority of. Cordero Patterson's getting some, but David Montgomery is now getting more of those opportunities now than he has at any other point in his career. And you're starting to see his pass catching numbers go up because of it. And that all kind of accumulates together into these last three weeks that have been really good. With the last three matchups on tap that they have, I mean, all of a sudden you've got a, an unbelievably viable RB2 the rest of the way that can spike into RB1 territory like in matchups like next week. Also, some offensive line injuries that were present at the beginning and midway point of the year that have now gotten cleared up. They had some COVID issues with guys on their line. So there's a bunch of different factors here that have led to this, but you've now seen some consistency over the last three weeks where, man, running back consistency has been hard to come by. So not surprising to see David Montgomery uh, in that RB1 territory now for Jamie. All right, guys, let's, uh, Jake, you already alluded to your stud. You went Jonathan Taylor. You have anything else to add there before we move on to mine and Jamie's stud performances this week? Just a, he's had a bunch of big games and you've seen some 20 yard catches for touchdowns. He had some explosive home run hitting plays today, a bunch of them. And we haven't seen that. It was nice to see that the one really long run on the stretch play. I mean, you could have drove a Mack truck through the hole, but he's still, hit the afterburners. You saw that one, that hundred meter speed that he had coming into college and then through college. I think that was really the big thing was he's been really good. 
but seeing that home run hitting ability was the big thing for me today was taking it to the, ne- the next level and what that's going to do to this team. But he was absolutely spectacular today. He was. Yeah. And, and I hope, hopefully for those of you that follow the draft networks player props that I do on Fridays, you, you joined me along that ride because uh, I had a couple different props for Jonathan Taylor, but the big one was 85 rushing yards and an anytime touchdown at five to one uh, that, Ooh, that hit today. That. So uh, we made, we made six units just on Jonathan Taylor props alone today. So it, it was a pretty, pretty solid day overall there. And look, he's been trending in the right direction and look, the, the Raiders are abysmal. That's why they fired their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther after the game, they've been absolutely abysmal defensively. Uh, they're, they're banged up, but they're also not good. And I think a lot of times the energy and the athleticism of that secondary clouds the judgment of they're not very good right now. Uh, and now even with being them banged up, they're just not able to stop anybody. And that's why, again, this is the second year in a row now that they've got off to a really good start through about nine or yeah. 10 games and are completely fading down the stretch with some terrible defensive performances. Yeah, really good point. And we'll we'll see how they obviously finish this season, but we'll be very similar to what we saw last season if they continue down this trend. Jamie, your stud performance of the week. Well, before I get into that, let's we're talking about studs. Let's talk about the ultimate stocking stuff for this holiday season. Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to the below the waist grooming and hygiene products and great news for the listeners in across Europe and in Canada and Australia. The products are now available there as well. So it's not just the U.S. anymore. Uh, A few of the awesome products that are prime stocking stuffers this season, the crop preserver ball deodorant, a favorite of this show and former intern, wherever he may be, he and Linda C may be uh, the crop preserver ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a favorite of Jake Arians. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash. There's some really, there's some new stuff here, guys. Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that you can use on your hair. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you got to be prepared. You never know these days. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh. Also, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer that we've talked about on the show before. And then, of course, the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. It offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology so you don't cut your nuts. Very important. And you can save 20% on everything that we just talked about and get free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. Whether this is for you, your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, whatever it might be, there's something in here or some things that you can use. And you can save 20% off it all and get free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. Stinky feet, man. That's a new product. Haven't been hearing is. about this one yet. That's that's a, all that's a good product. There's that all I, kinds of new stuff in there. Oh yeah, look, man. We, I think we need another box. Yeah, I'm I'm think I'm thinking Manscaped is gonna have to come in with uh with all the new stuff that they're doing. But it looks like they're basically trying to make all men very clean and well taken Absolutely. care of, which every woman will appreciate. I can assure you of that. Uh, Jamie, your stud performance of the week. Uh, well, it's going to be basic, and I know that, but it's Derrick Henry, uh, who yeah. absolutely bounced back from last week's dreadful performance, had 215 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, and they stopped playing him in the fourth quarter uh, because they were blowing out this game so so great. He was playing at the exact level we said he was in the fantasy postseason. You know, that's not exactly a hot take. It's not like, oh, we thought Derrick Henry was good. But we talked about him being the number one overall fantasy player for the fantasy playoffs because of the matchups and the run defenses. He would be playing off to a tremendous start here. And I guarantee you, he won some leagues. Like I I would be, you know, at the end of the year, we see like it's ESPN and other outlets give you like the percentage of players that were on the most championship teams that year in fantasy. I imagine Derrick Henry is going to be in the top three. I imagine mm-hmm. that anybody that has him right now that's in the playoffs has a strong, regardless of the rest of their roster, has a, as good a chance as anybody else in their league to win it all because he has great matchups coming up against Detroit, Green Bay, and then if you play in Week 17, Houston to end the year. Those are three, all three below average defenses against the running backs in general and fantasy running backs in particular. And Detroit next week is the worst fantasy defense in yeah. the NFL against running backs by a lot. And they get bowled over every single week. So if you have Derrick Henry, I don't care what the rest of your roster looks like. You've got a chance. 
Yeah, especially when you consider where he was drafted, Jamie, when you think about with both Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley going down and Ezekiel Elliott's obviously not been a, a top guy this year. Where you got Derrick Henry and what value he is giving you all season long, he has got to be, when we review this year, one of those guys that we're going to put as you know, fantasy player of the year because of the value and just what the performance was all season long. I'm going to put you guys on the spot here for a second. It's the 2021 fantasy draft with the information you have now. Where do you take Derrick Henry? Like, or she says, what running backs are you for sure taking over Derrick Henry in fantasy? PPR. McCaffrey, Camara. McCaffrey and Camara, and I think that's where my list will end. Like, do you, that's, that's the thing is he's, I don't like Aaron Jones usage. So I'm not going to take him higher than yep. like we did. And, no, and he's I, probably not going to resign I'm, with green. Well, it depends I'm still on where Dalvin Cook over Yeah. Dalvin Cook is in there as three. The question is, is, is where's Derrick Henry fall? Is he four? Is he five? Like where's Saquon Barkley fall on that, that list for you coming forward? He's coming. No, he's coming off an ACL. He ain't coming back. So and he might be never four, the same then. dude the first year. Four or so, five. I mean, he might be the number four overall pick and I would not be surprised if he goes sooner. Like Which is insane. Like he McCaff- doesn't catch passes. He plays first and second. Like that's just nuts. And look, we keep waiting, and it, it'll happen eventually. But we keep waiting for the it, some the attrition of the carries and the type of his, his running style to catch up with him. It hasn't yet. And he has been so good late in the season. This for the third year in a row, which is really sticks in the mind of fantasy managers. Like, I mean, he's a bona fide, no doubt, top five pick in fantasy drafts that I think you're going to see go anywhere. I mean, I think he's going to go number one in some leagues. I would not be oh, surprised yeah. given Dalvin Cook's injury history. Let's Christian say McCaffrey, McCaffrey doesn't come back Saquon. and play this year. I mean, let's say McCaffrey has played his last game this season. He'll be healthy for next year, but people are going to go, eh, maybe, you know, like we already talked about the issue with Saquon Barkley coming off the ACL. Aaron Jones is in the first round conversation, but he's not going to be in the top half of the first round. And le- we don't even know where he's going to sign yet, if it's going to even be in Green Bay or where else he might go. It's interesting. Like, I think you could make, I, I won't be the one to do it. I, I still think I would take Kamara, McCaffrey, and Cook first. I mean, Kamara, who's the quarterback going to be? Is it that's Taysom good... Hill? Because he hardly, I mean, this is the first decent game he's had with Taysom Hill playing quarterback. If it's, that's a, that's a great point, too. Because if it's Taysom Hill, I'm not taking Kamara in the top three. I'll take him in the first round, but I'm not going to take him in the top three. So, I mean, we could, we could be sitting here a few months from now, seriously contemplating Derrick Henry being the number one overall pick in fantasy next year. There's a lot more variables with all the other guys you mentioned with injuries, with potential changes to whether that's team or quarterback, that offense specifically, that's the one where I look at it and I go, okay, coming from somebody who has had the number one overall pick two years in a row and both years got screwed because both guys got injured like Saquon Barkley and then Christian McCaffrey. If I have the number one overall pick next year, I'll tell you right now I'm taking Derrick Henry because it's the, it's the least likely to end poorly for me because of all the other the things only, that have happened. My only thing to say there is like, you know, he's going to have a slow September and be okay. Be a little of better course. in October starts ramping up in November, but if he's too slow in September, he costs you games. You might not get to where he ramps it up and you make the playoffs. Like that's the one thing you better have that secondary piece. Peace. For sure, for I mean, sure. There's going to be there's... running backs going to be really interesting next year. That's a great point, Jamie. Like this, because this year yeah, was like I like you brought it up. You had like five, six dudes, seven dudes that were like, that's it. You still got Jacobs and Chubb, and those guys are going to be really solid. But yeah, I mean Chubb, Chubb's going to be in that conversation as well, especially mm-hmm. if he gets used to the level he is now, where Cream Hunt is still a part of the offense, but not nearly as much as he was when Chubb was around the first part of the season and late last year. When Hunt really cut into Chubb's workload. We haven't seen that since Chubb has come back this time. Smaller sample size, but he's in that conversation as well. James Robinson's going to be in the conversation. Like if yeah. we're talking about him be there with Justin Fields, an upgraded quarterback, most likely, that could that maybe they're, you know, they have two picks. They might also add to that offensive line. So you're going to upgrade a quarterback, upgrade your offensive line. You have another year of James Robinson. They're going to throw him the ball. I don't think they're going to invest in another running back. So no one's taking touches away from him at this point. We'll see who the coach is going to be. Like He's another one that's got to be at least talked about in the top half of the first round. So, and right now, honestly, aside from Devontae Adams, you're not taking a receiver in the top 10. Like there's who, like, I don't think you're taking any number. I don't think the second wide receiver should come off the board until maybe the turn at this point. Like regardless of draft strategy, I just mean where we're going to look at ADP. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. where it was always like, okay, we know it's going to be Michael Thomas. It's going to be Devonte Adams. It's going to be Julio Jones. It's going to be new Hopkins. We knew there was a chance of up to four, maybe Tyree kill would sneak into the conversation. We knew there could be anywhere between three and five receivers taken in the first 12 picks. I think that's going to be more like two next year. Now we'll see how they, totally. we we'll see how it. And Kelsey will probably be guaranteed to be top 12. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and this year and he's the argument it. to be made. 100%. This year he's earned okay. it. Like this year he is basically a, he's a, uh, I think he would be like the, the wide first receiver tight end to ever lead the league in receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think he'd be the wide receiver two or wide receiver three in fantasy points right now if he was in that spot, like on a per game basis. So I think it's like it's like him and Hill keep going back and forth between two and three on a per game with obviously Devonte Adams at the top. But I mean I don't know. Like it's it's going to be really interesting right now. Like I, I think that the whole running back landscape looks so differently. Like, cause the last two years, it looked mostly the same. I know we're off on a complete tangent now, but I think this is valuable information, particularly for those that aren't in the playoffs and are already thinking about next year. Like we always knew like, it's going to be McCaffrey and then Kamara is going to be involved and we've got Zeke and we've got Saquon and you know, Dalvin cook, you know, please be healthy. Nick Chubb. You like late, you know, it's, it's been the same guys. And now like, is Saquon Barkley a first round pick anymore? Is, I mean, Zeke Elliott certainly is not going to be. I, I mean, so it, it gets really interesting now at the top. Like we might see a top six or seven that has four new players in it compared to previous years. It should, it should. And I think one of the first things that we'll do as the show right after the, right after the regular season ends is do like a way too early 2021 draft and just look at how would we draft the first round right now with all the, with how things stand, right? Look ahead, have some fun, look at it because these are, are definitely going to look way different looking at all the different things that have changed this year. But we'll finish up stud performance, my stud performance. And it feels weird to say anything positive about Chicago Bears. And this will be the second thing that I have to say, but he deserves it since he was the wide receiver two today, just slightly behind Stephon Diggs, who ended up as the wide receiver one. And that's Allen Robinson. Uh, No one is happier that Mitch is back at quarterback than Allen Robinson. He is looked, it is all, Mitch looks for him all the time, a 27 point performance, and I've seen some of the, listen, I get it. He, Mitch is not an, an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a nice chemistry between the two of those guys. And Allen Robinson is such a, the definition of the word stud. He deserves to be on this list so often and, and was the second receiver today. And if you had him and you started him, man, what a good time to put up a performance like that in the fantasy postseason. So good on you, Alan. Uh, if you told me a couple of weeks ago, I'd be talking about you. I probably would have laughed because I didn't think this is where the Bears offense would eventually get to. But this is a, a, a much different offense, and he looked very good today. Let's let's give Stephon Diggs another shout-out before we get off studs because that game tonight was spectacular. He was 100%. everywhere. His little nuance, where to sit down in the zone, run after the catch – uh, Brian Dayball made some great adjustments in the second half. Stephon Diggs, I don't think he had a catch in the first quarter. End up having a monster night. Now he's 100 catches on the season. Phenomenal, was, phenomenal yep, night for him. Yeah. And was wide receiver one. Uh, big performance for that Bills offense uh, in the second half of that football game. All right, Jake, your dud performance of the week. Gio Bernard's been a dud for about six weeks now. As good as he was when Mixon first went down, I thought today's matchup was decent. Brandon Allen played okay. It was 27 to 36 before he got hurt for a touchdown. They were moving it, but there was the usage. They only had like three carries. There wasn't much there. Uh, had his first fumble. How, how long was it, Jamie? Uh, the, the stat was it was his first fumble on a carry uh, in, was it 600? Let me find it. 830 Something. carries. Now, That's insane. 830 carries without between fumbles. That's insane. Wow. But he, I don't think he said he had had more than 55 yards in five weeks. It was a bad day. It's a really, really bad defense. So they should have been at least get one of their best players in space. They weren't. I'm going to throw Corey Davis in as an honorable mention. As good as he's been, Derrick Henry had such a monster day. They went to A.J. Brown early, and it really hurt Tannehill. I thought he was going to be okay. He was. He got like 18 and a half, whatever it ended up being. Uh, but Corey Davis with three catches and had a fumble uh, that, that hurts you a little bit for the people that we've been raving about him that played him. He didn't get his today. He did not get his today, and he was one of the guys I was actually going to mention as my dud performance, but I did not want to scare people off, much like Jamie said uh, earlier, to to not play him moving forward because I played him today and was not happy about it, but I will move on, and I will play him next week. Like one of those yeah, things yeah, where I'm going to have to – Yeah, their defense is bad. 
Yeah. I mean, they're going to play somebody that's yeah. going to put up points and they're going to have to, whether Derrick Henry's having a monster day or not, they're still going to have to play action and they're still going to go to him. I'm, I'm not scared about it. That's why I didn't want to put him in there. It's just kind of an honorable mention. I was like a bad one today. Geo's Definitely. been bad for like six weeks and I yeah, wouldn't Gio's touch that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> touch that at all. Yeah. Geo's has been and will continue to be droppable um, for, for my dud page. And look, we, we've lowered our expectations the last few weeks and he's still undercutting these low expectations. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, this is the game I thought he would, I knew he was banged up going in. I understand that, but I thought, okay, Dallas should be able to handle this game pretty well. They'll feed Zeke in the second half and he'll, he'll get you what you need. It, he got you 48 yards on 12 carries. He only got one more touch than Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard outscored him. Uh, Dude, it was a bruised calf. It wasn't even like he had like a strained groin or a pulled hamstring. He had a bruised yeah. calf. It's just, eh, it's like, I, I've been, I've knocked him down to like mid to low level RB two territory these last few weeks. I think now I'm dropping him to a flex play. Like he's now he back into that. Me. Like I can't put him in my top 24 anymore. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, I don't, I don't understand what's happening uh, with him me and his neither. usage, his effectiveness. It's not like he's blowing anybody's doors off either. He's just not being used. It, it, there's a lot. He's, as I said on the show a few weeks back, I have no idea where I'd feel comfortable drafting Zeke next year in fantasy drafts. I have no idea where I'd put him. I'm going to do not only for this show, but for the DraftNetwork.com after the season, uh, much like I did last year for SI. I'm going to do a whole like way too early mock draft. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out where I'm going to if he you know makes the first three rounds. That's typically what I like to do is do a three round mock afterwards, get that top 36 out of the way. I don't think he's going to be in that, and that's going to be I couldn't imagine saying that five months ago. So I just looked at it real quick and I'll ask you guys this trivia question since week five against the giants in which he had a multi touchdown game on the ground and had two touchdowns. Do you know how many touchdowns Zeke has scored in the game since then? Many has two, two. It's one and it was a receiving touchdown. He doesn't have a rushing touchdown since week five against the giants in which he had two. He only has one, a hundred yard rushing game this season. That sums it up. If he's not getting in the end zone to make up for the fact that he's only getting 50 or 60 yards, it's just not going to work. And no catches anymore. He can't he play a 78 yeah. catch guy. No, he lost it's his bad. mojo guys with that when Dak went down, right? I mean, it just, he, it's, I don't know what this is. struggles before look. that, too. Look, that's, here's, that's a, the here's the thing, though. Was he that good? He ran behind the best offensive line in football. Great question. It's not coincidental coincidental to me (laughs) that his offensive line started having injuries and his entire offense went to shit, and he's not the same dude. He doesn't look the same, but no shit he doesn't look the same. He's not running through freaking 10-foot holes all the time. Uh, I I brought this up with a friend who's a Cowboys fan who got really pissed off at me, but I told him, I said, listen, you don't watch the Big Ten. I'm telling you, I watched him. The offensive line he had at Ohio State was a top 10 college football offensive line that he ran behind, okay? Then he went to Dallas and had a top five offensive line he was running behind in Dallas. And the entire offense was built around him. This is the first time in his career where it has been on him to face adversity and showcase that he can rise above it to be better. And he has not. He has been That's the one other terrible. thing they were winning at both places, Paige. Exactly the right. First time in these last two years when this drop Any off happened, they're not winning, and he's shutting it down. I don't know, man. I agree with Jamie. I don't know where I would take him next year, but he absolutely killed me today. I mean, it was just just brutal. Yeah, it's tough. The name value, you still look at it and you go, okay, it's Ezekiel Elliott, right? One of the more reliable fantasy players in the past few years just hasn't been that guy. All right, my dud performance, guys, here. Matt Ryan, quarterback, 26, playing behind a bad Chargers defense. Uh, they played – this is a game where I looked at it and went, okay, th- this is probably a, a decent performance from Matt Ryan. He doesn't even get to 10 points, guys. 7.26 fantasy points, third single-digit performance of the year for Matt Ryan. He has – if you go look at his swings this year, he has some of the biggest swings where it's, it is so polarizing – to have him as a fantasy player. It has got to be so frustrating for anybody that started him, mostly in a, in a two quarterback league in the postseason. But for anybody that had him this week, 7.26 points is not getting it done for anybody. And this is a Chargers team that lost 45 to nothing last week, right? And that's why 
if you recall, we said, stay away from this game from a betting perspective, because we had no clue how this was going to turn out. And man, this is exactly why we told you that because good Lord, this, this offense could not get anything done. Matt Ryan, give it away. Justin Herbert, I'm going to give it away. Matt Ryan, I'm going to give it back to you. And then the, the money badger, the worst name of all time, actually oh. makes a game winner. I, I didn't know what was going to happen the last three minutes of that game. It was absolutely brutal. It's- it's so funny because before the game this morning, I forgot whether it was the Falcons or the Chargers account, but they just tweeted out the Spider-Man meme with both logos on the side, just pointing at each other, which is basically what we said on the TDN against the spread show. Uh, and by the way, that game was exactly the way it was as chaotic and stupid as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Since yep. the bye week in those four games, Matt Ryan is not a top 25 quarterback. I mean, it, has I hope been, it continues next week. Uh, I think it will. Uh, it's been, yeah. it's been rough. Uh, I, I just, with Julio Jones, without Julio Jones, this has been his fantasy performance. So like while, while the Falcons in general, compared to where they were, have some bright spots, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, offensively, it's all bad right now. Exactly. It's Matt Ryan doesn't look great. Uh, is there a word beyond washed? Because that's what we should just call it girlied from now on. Uh, it's just, it's over. Like it's been over, but it's over, over. Uh, like, I, I'm like, like, where does it, does, where does Todd Gurley play? Like, why would, uh, I, I hope that everybody has a chance to make a living, but why on earth would you sign Todd Gurley if you're an NFL team next year? You cannot. Because you get him for $2 million and you add depth to – To get eight carries a game? Good, he's good – yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. He's good in short yardage. You dress him, you put him in a red zone. There's oh. teams that are going to be that desperate for something like that. Uh, but I will. I hope not. But, man, I know there will be – you believe be, if I told you – what a fall. We're literally like this is this is how fast and this is is emblematic of the this the changing of the guard at that at that position, especially over the last handful of years that we've all been talking about the descent of, of running backs. But we're gonna walk into 2021 and 2019 me would not have believed you when I say, Yeah, I mean I Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette are the lowest priority that you could possibly be signings for free agents, given where these guys were two years ago. Yep. One's healthy scratch. The other one might as well have been. Yep. It's, and oh yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's not going in the top four rounds of a mock draft. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a different time. This it's, is it's this is the downside. Lot. Tangent number two here. This is there the we- sorry. I'll keep this one brief. I know it's going to be long here, but this is also the downside of I and I know the strategy and I understand it of always in dynasty leagues going after running backs, but this is also the downside of that. If, if you're going after them with a shorter window in mind, you'll be okay. If you're going after them because you think there's going to be upside down the road, you're going to be a safer bet taking these top receivers, even if you don't get the immediate payoff. Although even that anymore, like it used to be receivers took a lot more time to get fantasy relevant. Maybe these last two classes are different. Maybe this is a new trend because you got to love this receiver class that's coming in as well. They're making impacts right away. We maybe have to change our thinking here of going like we always have to go with the top running backs right now because I guarantee you if you have – look, if you're going to be fine if you have DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor, and I still think you'll be fine down the road if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But those other guys that you were taking over Justin Jefferson, over, I, I you're probably going to be damn disappointed about it. It's also why you don't pay running backs. Yep. Yes. Like you don't give a running back – you know what you do? You do what you do with Derek, Derek Henry. Two years, fully guaranteed. Absolutely. At the end of that two years, if it all goes bad, because all they, everybody knew Todd Gurley had a knee for two years. Mm-hmm. When they start using the word arthritic knee, you're heading towards a knee replacement. Trust me, I know. You're not waking up on Wednesday, Thursday, wanting to go to practice. You're not waking up Sunday morning saying, give me 25 touches. It ain't happening. I don't care if you're at the magical 30-year-old you know, year old number or not. You can be 27. If they start talking about arthritic knees and you're, it goes downhill in a hurry with running backs. You do not pay them. Let's play a fun game since I don't like sleep and we'll just stay up till all the wee hours of the morning recording the show. <laughs> I'm going to read you the top 10 fantasy running backs in 2018 and you tell me how many of them go in the first round of a draft in 2021, okay? Okay, I love this. Number, yeah. 10, number 10, David Johnson. Nope. Nope. No. Number nine, Joe Mixon. Nope. No. That's number, another one that's going to be a fascinating evaluation. Number eight, yep. Kareem Hunt. No. no. But if he was still in camp, that's for different. That's for off the field reasons. But yes. But no, you wouldn't. You're not going around one. James Conner. No. No. But Steelers should draft the running back. Melvin Gordon. No. No. Ezekiel Elliott. Not anymore. No. no. Alvin Kamara. 
Yes. 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 Christian McCaffrey. Yes. yes. Saquon Barkley. I no. still think he goes in the first round. Yes. He's going to get his Coming ADP is going to be the top His He's ADP is going to be five. And the guy with We're the most. We're going to yell about this all the person that's ever done it and with a shit. I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Page, tell me the guy. Our boy, the one person that's yeah. ever come back off an ACL and been AD. decent the next year. All you can't AD. compare that's anybody that's to Peterson. He's not a human being. No. I don't know. I don't know then, what then planet that, that's Adrian Peterson point. dropped that from. Zero people have ever been good the next year, especially when this wasn't a September ACL. This was later than that. And he had to wait longer He's than usual. He's a workout freak. And... He's got giant quads. He's strong. I get all that. You're not the same guy. How many guys come off it and have, they tear the other one or need a scope in October to clean it all back, all back up? I agree with all fast. of that. I agree with he's all still, of that. He's, he's still, still going in the take first him. round. Yeah. Nope. I'm not taking him. I'm, I'm Jake. I agree with all your concerns. I'm just telling you totally, his ADP is going to be in totally the first agree. round. Totally agree. He would still go in the first round. I'm telling all of our listeners that you're stupid if you don't think we're <laughs> right on this. If you and take then, him oh, the way, in the first round, you're an idiot, and I will tell you, say I told you so a hundred times. Hurt. And he got hurt two years ago too. Like it's not. I was like gonna say the first two years back to back. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, Chris. It was an ankle. I get it, but still. And then. The guy with the most fantasy points in 2018, Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's a big fat no. So three, three, and you guys my, debated one of them. He was my most undrafted player this year. I will not touch Todd yeah. Gurley. It was like written down on a page. Three of those top 10 you said are worthy of the nice. first round, and Saquon was arguable. So you guys argue yeah. about it. So two locks of that top 10 group. And a couple yes. of them aren't even draftable. Yeah. A couple of them yeah. might not be on rosters. Yeah. Yeah, we're Todd Gurley – we're talking about yeah, where is he? Somebody's going to add him during training camp with an injury yep. to be like yeah. a depth. That's exactly what it's going to be. Someone's pulling. Someone's pulling a hammy. But he's not getting mid-August in fantasy. Somebody might. No, but like, probably I, I not. Mean, yeah, I mean, if you draft late enough, I mean, he's liable to get signed in week three of the preseason. But it depends. Like, I mean, I mean, Devonta Freeman was more productive over the last couple, not more productive than Gurley, but it was damn productive over the last couple of years. And when he was still sitting out there, nobody wanted him. People weren't drafting him. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Crazy. Chris, I'm glad you brought that list up because good Lord. That is, if I ever heard an argument for the Joe Marino will argue with everybody, do not pay a running back. That is the ultimate argument. It's right only there. two years ago. It's only 2018. I didn't go back that far. You don't have to go. You don't have to go back that far. And and listen, I understand paying McCaffrey, right? I love McCaffrey of all the guys. They didn't get him for a whole year this year. Going to come back, right? Look at Ezekiel Elliott. Don't get to sign Dak when you wanted to or have him around the offense because you decided to pay him. I mean, come on now. Well, I think what would be fascinating arguments. is how much dead money is in, Ze- in, is in Zeke's contract Yeah. if they trade him. I could tell you one nobody's me. nobody's picking up that contract, but no. somebody with a giant amount of cap space that thinks they can get something out of that could. But if I'm the Cowboys, I'd dump it for like a three. So I have the numbers in front of me. If they trade him pre June one, it would be fourteen point nine million in dead money. If they do it post June one, it's four point one in dead money. If they trade him, um, if they just say, Hey Zeke, go away, we don't want you to play for us anymore. It's 24 and a half pre-June 1, and it's 13.7 post-June 1. So that's not So look out, look out for a 2022 second and third round pick, $4 million in dead money, and they move on. Post-June 1. It's a post-June 1 trade. They got to be under the cap before that. Mm. So they got to make mm. all these decisions well, before that. Yeah, well, I, that did, and it also gives them a 10.8 million dead cap in 2022. So, we, I mean, it's not just the $4 million. So they're, they're, that's the... They'll save more money there, but it, there's a there's a couple things with that, Look, and they've I, already they've already spent so much money. How, they're not going to trade them, dude. We didn't know how they were getting rid of Gurley. Les Need did a hell of a job because Cronky said, "I'll write the check. You get rid that's of him, make my team make my team good. I will write the check." He's and, but when but when the guy years. that signed him to that money also is the one that has to cut him. Yeah. Does they have the ego to say, "I'm going to just I'll I'll eat this one"? Somebody needs to go, Jerry. Which one do you like more? And you yep. suck. Do you want wins? Because you just paid a running back an enormous amount of money and you no longer have an offensive line. You don't have a quarterback long-term. Is Amari Cooper also on the trade block with as good as CeeDee Lamb was? Like, there could be some massive movement from Dallas. Well, you're already going to lose Gallup. So, yep. it's, it's going to be interesting. And by the way, on that same note about paying running backs, I, I wouldn't – that's why I wouldn't rule out that Green Bay re-signs Jamal Williams and not Aaron Jones. 
Oh, like, I would not be surprised if that's the route they go and they go with Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon as their two backs yep. there. Yikes. This is, we're off on so many good tangents. There's like 17 pieces of written content that I just wrote down that I'm like, yep, yeah, and I'm going to want to see this on the draftnetwork.com. We're going to want to look mostly just because Dallas and any, any time where I can see that they're put in a tough situation, I want to see it. I want to see it written out. I want to see it broken down so we can all look at it and go, you know what? Look at the bad decisions you made. And now you got to live with them. Now you got to live with them and look at all the things you're going to have to do to move around to make sure that you can even sign your quarterback, right? As we all know all the revenue issues that they had, the NFL with COVID and everything. How is it going to impact the salary cap? What's all the movement going to look like? It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cowboys face this offseason. All right, guys, what we got right and what we got wrong. Let's start with what we got wrong and end with what we got right. So, Jamie, what did you get wrong? Well, I got to eat a tremendous amount of crow because I'm pretty much on any platform that existed on this, on the fine internet. Uh, I told you not to play Miles Sanders this week and it blew up in my face, particularly the one big run. I mean, he had like 2.3 yards per carry and every other touch that he had, but all that matters is production at the end of the day. He found that he got two touchdowns, had that big 82 yard touchdown run. Uh, he, that one run was almost as many points in and of itself as what the Saints give up on average to every running back they face on a weekly basis coming into the week. So uh, I did not expect that performance from Philadelphia as a whole. I definitely did not expect that from Miles Sanders. Um, I would still be cautious because it, it was it was truly like a one big run game for him, but it all counts if you played him. So if you sat him because of me, I apologize. I still think the logic was sound. It just did not play out in this matchup. And so I'll eat the crow. It was uh, one of those ones that I saw materializing and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to have to eat crow on that one. That's okay. This Eagles team was, was different than I think we all anticipated. I did not think that this team was going to play the way that they did. And it's going to leave for me a lot of interesting conversations around the NFC East. Let's just say, let's just say that Jake, what did you get wrong this week? I'm going to go right along with that. So there's 11 70 yard plus runs this year and Miles Sanders has three of them. So he always has that ability, but nobody thought that was coming. Uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow on Jalen Hurts. I didn't think it would matter who played quarterback as bad as they've been, but he didn't really play quarterback. He played running back, and they basically ran the wildcat, and they killed him. The Saints haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 55 games. They allowed two in this game. Mm-hmm. Two. Like, that's – their defense showed up. Uh, New Orleans has some problems, guys. Like, here's where I was really wrong. I thought New Orleans would handily win this with their defense. I didn't think Philly could get to 13 with a rookie quarterback as bad as Carson Wentz was. Jalen Hurts ran for just about as much as he passed. So, like, it, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. He did give him a huge spark. It was a big lift there. The Saints play Kansas City next week. They still got to play the Vikings. The Packers right now have already jumped them for the number one seed. So, like, it, this could be really, really interesting coming down the stretch. If Drew Brees comes back next week, are they better or are they worse? I don't know what anybody thinks of Taysom Hill at this point. I thought he looked pretty good at times. He has some really good throws. He doesn't have that much experience playing quarterback. Like it's, he held the ball too long. I was wrong, big time wrong on this game. I was dumbfounded what I saw in this game. And on that note, again, this is another like sneak preview for, for the TDN fantasy podcast listeners here, uh, because we're going to get asked a lot about Jalen Hurts and what we think his fantasy value is next week, particularly with all the running. Right now, as of this very second, I have him as my QB 15. Uh, I'm not putting him in QB 1 territory. The big reason why, even though he's got obviously a better matchup going against Arizona's defense than he did against New Orleans, I'm very dubious of that rookie quarterback making the second start. And we saw we saw a regression some. Uh, fantasy-wise, not quite, but an actual like real-life regression a little bit with Taysom Hill when he made that second start. I think it happens with everybody. Now there's film out there. Now they know what to expect. Now they're preparing for you specifically. Even though it's a better matchup, I still would temper my expectations a bit. He's a, in a two QB league. Absolutely. In a one quarterback league, I think it's really risky putting your, your spot in the fantasy championship on the line by starting Jalen Hurts. No, uh, I don't think you can do that, right? Where you're, where you're sitting in this position. But I know there's going to be a ton of people that ask us about Jalen Hurts, even though uh, Doug Peterson was like, I will not. He, he got asked four times in his press conference about Jalen Hurts starting for the remainder of the if season. If you got questions about Jalen Hurts, forward. put on the film from Arizona's defense today and then tell me you think you want to play Jalen Hurts next week because they look better than the Saints have looked the last four or five weeks. 
Yeah. Their defense uh, was all. I mean, Danny Dimes was limited with the hamstring, but they absolutely he can't start, he can't were play everywhere. Danvers no, can't play. They were week. everywhere. He needs to get healthy. By the way, have a game of Son Reddick. Five sacks. Five. <laughs> nine Q, sacks. Nine QB pressures and five sacks. Yeah. Pretty, have pretty a good. have a game offensive line of the Giants. You were yeah. horrendous after you've been really good for the last month. Yeah, it's uh the conversation. Big win for the Cardinals. That was huge. Big win for the Tremendous Cardinals. Tremendous for the Cardinals. Absolutely. Very very big win for the Cardinals. All right, what we got right, Jake? What'd you get right this week? I'm gonna go back to the freaking Colts. I, I like this Raiders team, but this defense is so bad. This Colts team with with. Taylor coming on like this. Phillip Rivers has been great for a month fighting through this toe. The offensive line is being really solid. But if this offense can be two-dimensional, and the biggest addition, T.Y. Hilton, for three straight weeks now, has been a monster. Pittman's been a nice – yeah, T.Y., we're all going to our T.Y. dance. Pittman's been a great addition. Jack Doyle's back. If this, this offense can be both run it and pass it, play action, as good as this defense is, and this defense in the second half, if you look at their numbers, is spectacular. They were a little slow today. They got eaten up. Derek Carr played really well. This Colts team has what it takes to go deep. I think they can beat anybody that's left in the AFC on the right day. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing. If they can stay healthy these last few weeks and get in, they, they're going to travel well because they can run it. They can throw it. This defense stops the run. It's still number one against the pass. They get after you with four guys. I love what I'm seeing from Indy. Lock of the I week. Too. Covered, Hopefully. By the way. Run the football, baby. Just do it. Like, I'm just like, set, set, fill up correctly, right? He just wanted the beginning of the year, we kept watching and going, eh, if they keep throwing the ball this much, but their defense has gotten healthier. They've gotten some guys back. Their offensive line has been playing more like what we expected them to look like. Now they're playing up to par, being able to run the football. They've got some nice dynamic playmakers and Phil's doing what he needs to do, man. This team is going to be fun. Um, the AFC playoff picture is it's insane. Look, yeah, if, it's really if Costanzo exciting. can get healthy and they can get him out there for full games, that'll be a huge yep. key for them. But um, to me right now, cause, cause my, what I got right is also going to involve the Colts, but, and again, a lot, I'll preface this by saying a lot can change in a month, but right now, if the Colts played Pittsburgh, I'm taking the Colts in an upset on the road. 100%. Well, let's let's see what those both those teams look like a month from now. But right now, I think I like them against team. Buffalo too. They I, run it down that defense. That defense and running game allows you to play against anybody. Like that that is like you can play against anybody, particularly a team like Buffalo that can't stop the run typically except Pittsburgh never tries. Uh but I'm going to stick <laughs> TY is my guy here. Uh three straight weeks, team high seven targets, 5 for 86, two touchdowns. Again, beat up a a, a bad Las Vegas secondary. He looks, he looks healthier. He looks more actively involved. Rivers is going his way, and that's going to be big. That's going to be big down the stretch because, again, D.Y., when he's been healthy the last few years, has been a dynamic player for them. Even last year when everybody kind of wrote him off, when he was healthy and on the field for those 10 games, he was a damn good player. So uh, I'm really excited to see him keep the, keeping this going. Uh, I, he's going to be a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes next week. Uh, who, what, what do they have next week? I think it was another solid matchup they had. Um, or they play Houston. Yeah, they play Houston next yeah. week. So it's another really good matchup for them at home. Uh, T.Y. Hilton should be in your, in that flex wide receiver three conversation yet again for you, depending on how what your positions you have in your league. Uh, he he's back. He's maybe not back to being what he was two years ago, but he's back to being like a considered to start every single week. I told you what I was hearing out of Indy was he was dealing with a bunch of crap and he wasn't real happy because he was dealing with a bunch of crap and like all that kind of went away and he got healthy and you could see it in his face the last three weeks. He looks like T.Y. again. He's not one of these diva receivers that bitches. We gave him all the credit in the world last year for fighting through all these injuries, but it looks like he's finally healthy. You're exactly right. You can see in his face that he's having fun, which I love. I'm, I'm excited as hell. He's a great, great dude. I'm, I'm happy for him. And grandma called him out. That's exactly right. I was going to bring it up. Grams comes to the table. Graham says, I want to, I don't recognize you on TV. I don't know who you are, man. That cuts deep. T.Y. was like, no more, man. I got, I don't I think gotta, it was all play either. Up. I think Graham's saying what I'm saying. Like, you don't look happy. You don't look like yourself. No, You're that's what playing, I'm saying. Like all of it she together. Yeah, I mean, it's, yep. Yep. she said, I don't recognize you. That was her quote. I don't recognize you on my TV. And how do you that's not go out said. there and play good for Grams? Like you can't, can't after she said, you can't not do it. It's just, no. it's a rule of life. Yeah, yep. too many Chris, too many people play play for the gram and not for the grams. <laughs> All right, and we'll we'll finish things off here with a Monday night football preview. Put that on a shirt. Um, yeah, put that on a shirt. Uh, listen, 
if there was a there was a lot of implications for this Sunday night football game, there's even more for this Monday night football game between the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, a divisional matchup that we talked about on our earlier show on our Friday show that has been owned by the Ravens, right? It's like 21 and four, right guys? It's the last, just, yep, 21 to four in the last 25 matchups. So it's what we call an, uh, an old fashioned ass whooping over the last long period of time, but this is a different Cleveland team. All that being yes, said, all that being said, the Ravens are a three point favorite on the road playing the Brownies. Okay. So Jake, I'm going to you first. We were riding the bills and the Brownies, the bills took care of business. Are you going to ride with the Brownies here against, against the Ravens? Damn Skippy. I'm riding with the Brownies and not only are they going to win this game and get in the playoffs, they're going to have a big ass matchup with Pittsburgh that could de- de- like decide the freaking AFC Ooh. North here before this is over with. If Pittsburgh continues down this road that they're going on, I got the Browns 27, 23. You're telling me that the Ravens are six points better. Three points on the road. I don't see it. I don't like what I've seen from the Ravens for six, seven, eight weeks. Now I like what I've seen from Cleveland. They're ripping off wins. They're getting healthier. Baker's playing well. I'm riding with the Brownies. Give it to us. Come on. There There it is. There it is. It's a hype train. Hype train. Listen, I was Bills and the this, Brownies. I'm in. Watching this Pittsburgh game team tonight, I was going, man, isn't we? What if the Browns end up sneaking this out? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be something? So they got to take care of business against the Ravens first. But ooh-wee, I like I like them getting three points at home. That's a that's that's a good deal to me. Jamie, are you ta- are you taking the Brownies? What do you think? I am. Uh, win and cover. Uh, give it, give it to me both. And I'll take the extra field goal in case just Justin Tucker tries to kick one end in the game. There, this line <laughs> is so interesting to me, uh, just because it's just completely undeserved. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's wrong per se, because I understand, I know where the money was gonna be coming from, and I know why it's being moved. But the Ravens had one pretty good game against an abysmal football team and an even worse than abysmal defense. And all of a sudden, all the problems that we talked about all along and the problems they even showed in the first 20 minutes of that Cowboys game are just gone, just over. That's it. The offensive line's healed. Cincinnati's defense played the Cowboys offense better today than they did last week. Yeah, like, I I, I don't understand. Like, is that defensive line getting healthier? Is their offensive line just healed? Is Lamar Jackson teleporting from 12 months ago? Like, did all that change? Like, to me, at worst, this is a field goal game. Like that's, I think this is going to be a close game. The Browns are playing really well right now. They're going to be able to run the ball effectively against Baltimore. There's still too much of Baltimore's reputation preceding them with these lines. I'm not saying Baltimore couldn't win. It's not unfathomable. This is going to be a close game and it's going to be a huge game for both teams. But this line going from minus one to minus two to minus two and a half to minus three over these last several days is just, it's just disrespectful what the Browns have been able to do. Uh, I, I can't wait to listen to the broadcast about how great this Ravens defense is and how they blitz more than anybody else. What well, doesn't matter if you don't get home? No, they have to because they have no freaking pass rush. This is going to be a really, really good football game. And this is going to yes, be one is. of those, like this could be a changing of the guard type game. This is a game that beyond, like even just for full narrative purposes, beyond fantasy, beyond gambling, beyond all that stuff. This is a game. The Browns have to win to take this next step. You're going to be a playoff team regardless. You can lose 45 to nothing. You can get chargered. You're still going to be a playoff team. But if you're really going to take this next step as an organization, if you're going to take the next step as a franchise quarterback, if you're going to take the next step as a first-time head coach, you have the better team right now. They have owned your ass. Owned your ass like no other team in the league has. Even even Pittsburgh doesn't quite compare to that 21-4 and record they have against Cleveland. This is a statement game for you. This is a game that shows we're not just happy to get to the playoffs. We're just not happy to be there. We're going to be a team that you don't want to F with. We're going to be a contender. It starts by winning games like this. This is what wow. this is a this will be a tremendous litmus test for the Cleveland Browns. I want it so bad. I want it for the Browns because I want Baker to get a little swag back, man. Like I want if he wins this game. And it's you, I better see a little bit of swaggy Baker. Like he takes care of this shit, man. I'm going, okay, babe, you want to show out a little bit? Go ahead. Go ahead. You go knock this team in the mouth and you, you punch a ticket. I'm good with that. I'm good with seeing a little swaggy Baker back. They win this game. There might, might be 13 and three. Four's over with. 
with like seven straight to end the year. And they might be the hot now, we're team. Talking about the, we're going talking about the, the postseason. playoffs now. You don't want to see them, and you don't want to see Indy. And Kansas City has been all over the freaking map. I don't think I'd love them against either one of these teams. It, it's going right, to be listen, I love my boy Pat, man, but he did not have a good game today. Mahomes did not look – I mean, I know they can turn it he on. He did when he needed to, time. but like that defense is legit. But, but, but when Miles Sanders point, can get you, that's how you beat Kansas City. Four guys rush. The Colts rush four all the time. The Browns rush four all the time, and they both get pressure. At, at some point, though, you're not going to be able to just come back from everything, right? Like at some point, you're going to play a team that you're not just going to be able to put 21 points up on or that team, that other team's going to have a competent enough offense, like, for instance, the Browns or the Colts that can run the football and chew some of the clock out. And you're not going to be able to just come out and be on offense all the time and be able to score those points so fast. So I watch these two. I'm like, mm, there's a lot to as much as we've put Kansas City in a place of like, they're the number one team. I don't think anybody looks unbeatable, right? I think that's the the especially now that we've seen in either conference. No, in either conference. I think there's this is such a interesting time for NFL postseason and and watching and paying attention to who gets hot, right? And not just the records, because the Steelers are are potentially gonna limp their way to the postseason versus the Browns, who could have the exact opposite going in their favor so and the Ravens lose this game they're out they ain't making oh yeah it. mm-hmm. it's pretty much you gotta win and get in uh, it's it, it feels like that magnitude with how many teams are uh, are ahead of them at this point all right guys final thoughts we've reached the end of the pod uh lots of good stuff today lots of good stuff as we're we're getting to that point December 13th where it's it's almost that time of the year almost that time for NFL postseason Jamie final thoughts on the pod today that's a great transition for me, Paige, because I want to talk a little bit about a potential postseason matchup that we're actually going to have the pleasure of seeing next week, coincidentally. But we spent all year, and understandably so, and justifiably so, going LOL NFC East. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I do not want to play Washington. We are going to see the Seattle Seahawks go to D.C., or I guess Landover, and, and play Washington next week in what could very well be the 5-4 wildcard weekend matchup, and it's what it would be right now if the season ended today. I don't know if Antonio Gibson's going to be healthy enough to play, but he'll be healthy enough by wildcard weekend. Terry McLaurin didn't have a big game today. It was a non-factor. Alex Smith leaves the game with an injury, and they still were by far the best team on the field in their matchup. The defense has been playing out of its mind. Chase Young deserves – he's not going to be – and he shouldn't win the award, but Chase Young deserves Defensive Player of the Year consideration. He's going to be defensive rookie of the year. The way he's been playing. I don't playing think I go football. that far, but he's been really. Like, he would be in the top 10. Like, I'm not saying he's like a, should be a finalist. I'm just saying he would be in that, the way he's been playing. Like, I, I am incredibly impressed by the way that team is playing. When they get Antonio Gibson healthy, when Smith gets healthy, uh, you know, he might play next week. It turns out it looks like more of a calf strain than anything else. We always get worried we saw that particular leg get hurt. But this is not a team that I want to play. I don't care if that's going to end up being an 11 win number five seed in the NFC. I do not want to go in Washington and play that team. Cause I think they could beat any of the wildcard teams that they would play. Even if they only end up eight and eight for the season. Totally agree. I Washington. Agree. Is, yeah. Washington has been one of those teams that we, we thought would be in a position where you weren't going to want to play them because it's Ron Rivera and the defense was going to play up to par, but I, I could never have envisioned the way that this has all shaken out and them being the team that they are now. They're just, they've come along a little bit faster. Alex Smith put, has put them in a different position. The way Antonio Gibson has played this year has put them in a different position. It's just, and Ron is Ron, man. He's going to get the best out of his team and then some. And I think that's never been more apparent than right now. Uh, and I've Scott, been Scott Turner's it. done a hell of a job with that offense, but this sure fall has. is predicated on giving me Alex Smith and not Dwayne Haskins. I don't 100%. give a shit oh, yeah. how good this defense plays. If Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback for them, yeah, they ain't making the playoffs and they ain't winning a playoff game. So 100%. it's this thing for Alex Smith because it was the bad calf that didn't really have a calf. So I don't know yeah. what's strained, but I hope he plays next week because I would love to see Oh, yeah. him heal up enough and kick Seattle's ass. That would be, that would be fun. That would be, oh yeah, that would be really fun. Jake, your final thoughts today. Interesting week. I can't believe we're talking, we're going to be talking about week 15 coming up. Uh, I was loving the snow in Bill stadium in the first quarter tonight. And then I'm like, man, I'm getting Monday night football 
in Cleveland of all places in a game that matters tomorrow night, when you're talking about one of the best fan bases, period, the freaking dog pound, I wish there could be fans for this freaking game more than maybe any game. The game tonight in Bill's stadium would have been off the freaking rails with Bill's mafia and the dog pound tomorrow night would be absolutely rocking. But that stadium or that, that city alone, Mm-hmm. they have some of the best fans period man like nobody's been through it like the browns have been through it they haven't been to the playoffs since 2002 my dad was the offensive coordinator the last time they went to the freaking playoffs it was a long ass time ago they're gonna get there i am all in on this brown story they have done an unbelievable job stefanski's been unbelievable the front office they look like they finally got it right and i'm, I'm just it's a it's an awesome story that i don't think we can talk about enough and if they win this game and i cannot wait to watch it if they win this game I told you guys before the season, this young team that went through it all last year and Baker taking it on the chin, and that swag Paige was talking about, it's one of those teams you don't want to get swaggy confident because they've earned it. The substance is there. If the substance is there and they're so confident that they get some swag going, watch out if this team gets in and they're hot. This team, this team has all the makings of what we I wanted to happen, right? And kudos to Kevin Stefanski for taking this team from where we were a year ago and, and really having nearly the exact same roster with Odell Beckham Jr., one of your more talented guys going down for the season and being able to take all of those egos, right, and get them into a place where you're making the most of, of what you have uh, and getting Baker to buy into – not being Oklahoma Baker, right? Because that's what you, need. you needed to check the ego at the door and good on Baker, good on Stefanski, good on everybody there because we asked for substance first and that's what we've been given. And if, like I said, if they win this game, I'm cool with Bake giving us a little swag show because it'll, be, yes. it'll be it'll be deserving and, and I'll be looking forward to it. But my my final thoughts are this. I heard a lot less from Buccaneers fans on Twitter today. And it's because they got a big win against Kirk Cousins and that Minnesota Vikings team. And it was deserving. And you saw the offense come out and get a lot done. You saw Ronald Jones look really good in this game. You saw Scotty Miller play a part in this game. You saw, you just saw, you saw what you needed to see. They took care of business. They won a football game handedly. And I took a lot of heat from a lot of Bucks fans uh, after it was on the loose cannons podcast. So you know my nickname's Patty Page, so you should have known where these final thoughts were headed. But man, oh man, it was a long two weeks, and I'm really happy for Jake, and I'm really happy for myself and for this podcast that the Buccaneers took care of business against Kirk Cousins, because y'all should have known what his record is against teams above 500. And I end with that, because I've been telling you guys forever that Kirk isn't that dude. And guess what? Played a team above 500? put another notch in the wind column for the team that he's playing. Go ahead, Jamie. I can see you stirring up something. Go I, ahead. I just said, because I've already thought about this, how it's bad news for Chicago next week. Cause they're only six and seven. I know. Trust me. I've already played this. Out. I played it out. I played it out. I'm oh, just glad my girl's got my back. Cause I haven't even been on Twitter. I haven't retweeted oh, anything. I tweet like a I, W today. I just sat you back. Better believe. Watched. You yes. better believe I saved some shit. Oh boy, did I say I, because you know what? The, my favorite thing is when fans, they, they dive off, right? They dive off. They're off a team that was seven and five and they're, this team sucks. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Sure. You want to be off the bandwagon? That's fine. Then you better believe I'm going to pull your tweets when you're taking credit for victories and you're celebrating all the wins. Cause that's, that's how this goes. So you got to ride the highs and lows. You got to ride with your team. This is, a, this is a lesson in loyalty that apparently most people need. So it's also a it's, lesson in rationale. You have a week 13 by also that. you lose to the Chiefs by three, the Rams by three. <laughs> you might play your C game, and you're limping into your bye week, which I thought came at a great time until we lost three or four. I think the bye week was perfect. You have very winnable games and a chance to get hot. Mm-hmm. And just like we were just talking about a couple of those other teams – if they can be healthy in three or four weeks and hot, you don't want to play them when you get to the playoffs either. Any of those teams we just talked about. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So this conversation will be revisited. Don't you worry, Buccaneers fans. All right, Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. Chris Schubert behind the producer, Mike. How can everybody follow you? I'm not falling for this trap again. Nope. Not doing it. Sorry. Got to go. Oh.
You guys can follow him at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. For those of you that didn't know, uh, Jamie cut his mic last week. So that was a, a, a phenomenal prank that we uh, we played on our own producer. I mean, but, I, uh, look, I, so- I, I, love, I love Chicago now that I'm here. But I mean, the free space that I own in Chris Schubert's head <laughs> is also a really nice vacation destination. Rent have free. A great, have a great Enjoy week, your tall everybody. glass of milk, Chris. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.